What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. So, Devontae Booker or Daryl Williams, or is it Kadarius Tony, or maybe Hunter Henry is available? Who is your number one waiver wire priority? You'll hear from Dave and Jamie. They'll tell you who they are prioritizing this week as we get into week six of the fantasy football season. But you know what? Who cares? How about that game last night? Monday Night Miracles all over the place. Did you guys get one? Uh, last night, jerk face Dave. Hello, jerk face Dave. All right, you so know, this you is know, I'm mad at you. Huh? You know, I'm mad at you for beating me by uh, one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I needed it. I needed the help. Michael Pittman, thank you very much. That was a nice touchdown. Sammy Watkins, sorry you got hurt. Yeah, it's so cheap. Yeah, uh, you you had a tough week, Adam. Sorry about that. But uh, I needed. I was in a weird. You, this is how you know you play in too many leagues. In the fishbowl, I needed, I needed like twenty five points from Hollywood Brown in order to beat Mickey O'Connell, and in the Kings Classic, I needed Marquise Brown to score under sixteen points so I could beat Mike Clay for the second week in a row, and it didn't happen. Uh, but the the part the point is that there was this big middle where I could lose both games, and that second touchdown really cemented it for me. I needed that miracle to at least get me the win in the fishbowl. First place in my division, baby. Kiss division. <laughs> Far and away, yeah. first place at four and one. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> Jamie, uh, how about you? Monday Night Miracle? Yeah, two. Uh, one against Heath. Um, I don't know if he had anybody left, but I had Lamar Jackson and uh, Jonathan Taylor. And uh, 70, I think, or 80, maybe 80 points they scored combined. Um, or 70 points, I don't remember what it was. Uh, was uh, what helped me beat him. And then... I had uh, we're in a 2014 office league that I was playing uh, Adam Silverstein, one of our producers, and he was up, I think, 144 to 99. It's tight end premium, full PPR for wide receivers. And uh, I had Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. So um, watching watching the the store, the score, uh, you know, just solely stalk him down, track him down um, was was fun. How about Joshin from California? This is my, the best one I saw. He was down 130 points, and he had Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Jonathan Taylor. Some funky scoring in this league, I think, because he scored 261 points. He won by 14. Those three guys gave him 144 points. It was that kind of night. It was a super awesome fantasy football night. We'll talk about the game later. The big news, John Gruden out as Raiders head coach. 
Ritz Basaccia is the interim head coach. Is there a fantasy impact to this, fellas? I don't think so yet. I mean, you know, we'll find out, you know, how Carr is going to respond. He's the one you got to keep an eye on the most because, you know, he was he was so linked to John Gruden and the way he's performed uh, the latter part of last year and certainly the beginning part of this year. Uh, you know, I don't know if they gave up on him in, in the game against the Bears. You know, you could probably point to a few things and say maybe they were they weren't, you know, fully into it. And you, you heard some of the the comments from the locker room, you know, a lot of unnamed, unnamed players, you know, saying things that they're disappointed in their coach, clearly understandable. So we'll see, you know, I, I, I think they're probably happy he's gone, um, you know, under the circumstances of the things that he said as disgusting as they were. Um, so we'll find out, we'll find out, you know, how the, how the players respond and, and what happens moving forward. But I don't think from a, a on-field situation, you're going to see much change. I can't imagine middle of the season that you're going to see a dramatic difference like this. Okay. We got a, a live stream tonight if you want to join us, 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to youtube.com slash today. We will see you there at 8 p.m. Eastern to talk about the waiver wire and any other questions you have. And also, youtube.com slash today. Just bookmark. Make it your homepage because we're doing these podcasts live on YouTube now. So that's Tuesday through Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. and uh, Monday at 2 p.m. And we have three live streams that are not podcasts. Tuesday night, as I mentioned. Thursday at 2 o'clock, and Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Plus, the Sunday night show is on YouTube. Anything we do, basically. YouTube.com slash football today. Okay, give me your top three waiver wire, prior- waiver wire priorities. Jamie, you can start. Oh, by the way, did you know that the number two player at a position, number two, is available in almost half our leagues? Who is it? Tony? <laughs> no, he's not number two. Not yet. Uh, it's the Cowboys DST. Yeah, it's the DST. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of a way to frame that without giving it away, but uh, Cowboys DST number two facing New England. So they're a priority this week. They're Jamie's number one DST. But other than that, Jamie, who are we looking at? Um, Daryl Williams would be one for me. Tony would be two, and Booker would be three. Uh, if you need a running back, I could certainly understand you want to take Booker over Tony. But uh, long term, you know, I think Tony's got certainly a, a much – you know, higher ceiling and, and based on what we've seen and certainly what this Giants receiving core is looking like right now with Galladay missing at least one week, if not longer. So uh, Williams was someone, if you recall, Adam, I think, you know, you asked us this question, who's the player you rostered the most or drafted the most? Williams was that guy for me. Um, I unfortunately have had to drop him in, in a few leagues, you know, the, the the more shallow 12-team leagues just because of, of you know, other other roster moves. But I, I drafted him everywhere in, in the Dynasty League when Heath was tanking. Uh, I offered him a fourth-round pick for Daryl Williams. We made that trade. Um, I have him in that 24-team league. You know, he's somebody that, in this scenario, I, I was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen, and now it's playing out. I, I didn't want it to be at the expense of Clyde over Tulare. I was just going to see if he was going to struggle at some point, and they would make a switch. Uh, but he's somebody that I have in a lot of leagues, and I hope a lot of people are able to pick him up because, you know, starting running back for the Chiefs could be a pretty good position. Dave, do you have the same priorities? I, I honestly believe that it depends on what you need. And if you're really good at running back and you just want to add a playmaker that could, you know, like take your flex to the next level, it's Tony. But for the most part, yeah, it's the same order where Daryl Williams has a chance here to be a, a a starter for your fantasy team for the next four weeks at least. And uh, he was already getting a lot of those high leverage touches that make running backs quality in fantasy football. He's playing near the goal line. He was playing on passing downs. And man, after Edwards Elaire got hurt, he played 76% of the snaps for the Chiefs. He was four for four on snaps inside of 10 yards 
and he was three of four on third and fourth downs. So he's playing a lot in, in situations that you want your fantasy running back to play in. So absolutely happy to get him first. Um, but if I'm, again, if I'm totally good at running back, Tony's going to be the guy. Tony's awesome. Now everybody's hurt in that, in that passing game for, for New York, including Tony. Uh, there's talk that he's got an injury that right. might be a, a little bit dicey. For big this deal week. here for this week because might, right. might not even have Tony. I, I mean, it seems like he says he's going to be fine. but They, they, they seem to indicate everything is fine. I'd be shocked. I if mean, they, need him. they absolutely need him. So even if he's not at 100%, they've got to have him out there. They're running short on wide receivers. I mean, when did he tweak his ankle? On the way back to the locker room after he threw the punch? <laughs> <laughs> it was his punching ankle. Uh, but, he, uh, but, but I think Shepard and Slayton have a good chance to come back. You know, they... They were not put on IR. They've already missed two games. So, so, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't pick up Kadarius Tony. But just throwing that out. And the bigger thing is Daniel Jones. How how many games is he going to miss? A lot of moving parts here for the Giants. Now, who do you guys think is out longer, Clyde or or Barkley? Clyde, Barkley. Yeah. It sounds like uh, Joe Judge said. You know, sounds like they dodged a bullet. I think was the phrase he used. Um, I, I think I, the the one report I saw was one to two weeks. You know, so. He's a quick healer, as we've seen. You know, is he going to rush back too soon? That's the question you have to ask yourself in regards to Barkley if he's playing. But I think he's going to get out there. You know, that we had the situation with him two years ago with the ankle injury, and he came back after three weeks, a high ankle sprain that seemed to be much worse. And so um, he wasn't right until three weeks later. So just keep that in mind, again, when starting him. But for Booker, you know, you're looking at maybe a one- to two-week window, and the, the matchups aren't good. So, you know, I, even if it's just a one- to two-week situation for both guys, you know, Daryl Williams versus Devontae Booker. I'll take the Daryl Williams. Okay. I, I, mean, I think that makes sense. Booker is 10% rostered. Williams is 38% rostered. If you want to have a little more faith in Booker, you just look at what Wayne Gallman did last year. He had a six-game stretch where he scored six touchdowns, uh, actually had a nice yards per carry. He was really good. And um, his touchdown, I mean, I was like, well, was it a hard schedule? Yeah, he faced the Eagles twice, the Buccaneers and Washington, and he scored five touchdowns in those four games. So uh, so I just think Giants like to run the ball you know, under Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett likes to run the ball near the goal line. That's what you're hoping for. Big fear for me is if Daniel Jones is out this week, who knows how long with a concussion, right? How much are you going to trust the Giants offense with Glennon against the Rams and the Panthers in the next two weeks? That's got to be weighing on you guys, right? When you when you look right. at Booker and then, to a lesser extent, Tony. It's one of the reasons why Booker isn't a slam dunk is even the third guy on this list for me. I, I just I like the fact that you're getting a running back who's going to get theoretically 15 touches. So there there's other running back like AJ Dillon. He doesn't quite make the threshold, I think, because he's rostered in too many leagues. I think he's only available in 34 percent of leagues. But if I'm looking like more rest of season. And a long-term approach, I like Dylan better than Booker. Totally. So I you make case that, for Dylan over over Williams too, if you really wanted to long term. Yeah, but I I think that I could pick up Williams and either start him. Like I I don't know how confident people are going to be in starting AJ Dylan this week. Oh, I, I would agree. You're starting Williams over over Dylan right. this week. So so like this is Williams is someone who's got potential to like gain some value. Maybe you trade him after you pick him up, or you potentially start him over a running back that you're really not feel like Miles Sanders, for example, it's just something like that, where it's an easy call to start Daryl Williams over, over Miles Sanders. But I I'm, I'm worried about Booker in the situation in this giants offense, not coming through and certainly being a zero once Saquon Barkley comes back. It's just one thing that you've got to think about when you decide to put in your fab on Booker. 
In ter- yeah, in terms of putting Fab on Daryl Williams. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Compared to last week, are you more or less excited about Williams than you were about Damian Williams? Same. You know, I, I think you're looking at, you know, short-term absence for the starter. Uh, I guess the only difference would be is that, like Dave said, they've been using Daryl Williams in, in some key spots, whereas Damian Williams, I don't think, was getting those same type of opportunities. He did early in the season in week one and week two, but then it sort of shifted back to really a lot of David Montgomery. Uh, so Daryl Williams might have a little bit longer leash than what Damian Williams would have had if you're just looking at something that you need. But they're they're similar. You know, you're, you're looking at, you know, uh, a guy who's going to get a lot of work for, for a short period of time. Uh, and if you want to spin it forward from what you saw from Damian Williams, I don't think Jarek McKinnon has a big, as big of a role as Khalil Herbert has. You know, so you saw Khalil Herbert take a significant portion. I, you know, game flow obviously mattered in that game. You know, they're playing with a big lead and they didn't need to, you know, work Damian Williams as much as they as they probably needed to. Um, or, or, or they didn't need to work him that much because they had Herbert and he was running well. But I don't think McKinnon is going to take that much. You know, I don't think he's getting 18 touches like Herbert had, you know, so yeah. in terms of the second guy that's going to be there. I don't think he's doing that unless he shows off and plays well. For example, this week, they, and their schedule is a lot better than what the Giants have. They've got Washington this week at Tennessee after that, uh, Giants, Packers, and then there's two more games for their bye, Las Vegas and Dallas. There is a chance. Tell me if I'm wrong. Do you think there's a chance that there's a six-game stretch where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out and Daryl Williams leads the way, and then they get that's, to their bye? That's Clyde the other part of it. Yeah. The bye. So you might and, – and well, That's, I a, think that's a long time. IR here. That's a long time for a sprained MCL, isn't it? Six weeks? It is, but we don't. We just don't know. And and obviously, if they put him on IR, if they don't put him on IR, then you can expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be back in a couple of weeks, three weeks at the most. So what they decide to do with him this week will go a long way in determining how much you can get out of Daryl Williams. But you've heard us talk about it with Chuba Hubbard and with Damian Williams last week. If your record's bad or if you need a running back badly, it's time to take that fad that you've got and spend most of it to get Daryl Williams, you're talking minimum 50% of your original starting budget to get okay. him on your team. All right. Yeah, we'll get into Fab in a second. Daryl Williams, he has Washington this week. They do have a good run defense. They give up 3.69 yards per carry to running backs, but they give up a lot of fantasy points because their defense overall is struggling, so they're giving up touchdowns, and they've had six receiving touchdowns to running backs in their last three games. But three of those <clears throat> three of those were Cordero Patterson, but still, you take those out, that's still three in the last three games. So this team gives up points. Then it's Tennessee, then the Giants. That's so good schedule coming up for Daryl Williams. Uh, not quite as as uh, not quite the same for Booker with the Rams and the Panthers. Uh, so yeah, so let's talk about how much Fab Dave you, you laid it out there. At least fifty percent of your budget on your original budget on Daryl Williams. If you need someone, what about Kadarius Tony? What about Devontae Booker or anyone else you really like this week? I haven't thought too much about Tony, but I would imagine I would go in the neighborhood of 20% of my original fab budget to get him on the squad. Booker will probably be less than that because it's only going to be a couple of games. They're tough matchups. He's not that great. If I really needed a running back and he was my backup plan, I'd probably go close to 20%. Call it 17% for Booker. Okay. Jamie, what do you think? No, I agree. You know, I I think it's just a matter of, you know, they're – Somebody tweeted when I said uh, Williams is the number one waiver wire ad. They said, I spent all of my budget on Mitchell, all of my budget on Hubbard, all of my budget on Damian Williams. 
So I'm negative 300 in the hole. What am I supposed to spend? <laughs> you know, so it's like people have already, you know, there's, there's probably one person in, in your league that's down to, you know, less than, than 20%, probably worse than that in some cases. So if you've been, you know, stingy, then you can be a little bit more aggressive. And, and the nice thing about it is I don't know every other site, but I know on our site, if you click on the waiver priority list, uh, which you have that in every league, and if it's a fab league, it'll show you how much money everybody has left. So if you know that you have a lot in reserve, you know how much you can spend. You don't have to necessarily spend it all. So let's say you're sitting on like 85 and the next person has 75. You can spend 76 and still have at least a couple bucks left if you know that that's what you got to do to get them. Yeah, by the way, thank you for bringing this up because uh, we got four teams on by this week. So probably should just lay that out. We have the Falcons, the Saints. to go after Williams. Yeah, Falcons, Saints, Jets, and, and 49ers. So there are some there are some good running backs there. I mean, on the Falcons and the Saints that aren't playing, but also you if you're in a CBS league and you go to the players stats page and you're looking at all the free agents and maybe you're sorting by projections, they're not going to have players that are on by. So if there are any players like maybe you want to stash Matt Ryan because he's been playing a little bit better, and this doesn't have to be necessarily for this week, but just you know going forward. There, there are other ways to look at free agents, uh, on, you know, players on the waiver wire. You might miss them if they're on buy because they're not going to show up in the projections. So one thing you can do is go to the roster trends page, sort by rostered and act and started or something like I that. I always go most rostered. I do this in every sport. Is I go to roster trends most viewed, uh, and it'll show you all the players that most people are looking at. So it's typically the list of guys you can sort by position. And it'll show you the top guys that are typically being, you know, targeted for your waiver leagues anyway. Um, that's that's just the way I do it. But yeah, you could do most rostered as well. Yeah, you could do most and added. Most rostered. Most rostered is good because it'll show you sometimes there's someone who just slips through the cracks, 90% owned or rostered or something like that. Holy cow, he's available yeah. in my league. So you could always do that as well. So just different ways to approach the waiver wire. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, on, I, I don't know how to find that most viewed tab on ESPN or on my fantasy league, but in those formats, you can search by uh, how many projected fantasy points they're going to have, how many fantasy points they had last week, how many fantasy points they have on the season. And if you kind of sort through all three, you get a little bit of a viewfinder to look at free agents who are available that you might have missed because of uh, certainly because of the projections one, because the projections guys, obviously Matt Ryan, those players aren't going to be projected this week. All right, we got to get some more names in here. So if there was a fourth guy, who would it be? Would it be like Hunter Henry or, you know, what? The, re the receivers are not exactly great in terms of picking up somebody to start. There's some several guys, you know, maybe Hunter Renfro and PPR just based on what he's done. Um, but if you want to speculate still, Rondell Moore, you know, and a lot of people dropped him. He's at 55%. Uh, I'm on St. Brown, you know, based on what he's done the last two weeks. And now Quintus Cephas is out for however long he's gone for, with Good the collarbone injury. Um, I think Hunter Henry would probably make the most sense. Uh, like Dave said, you know, A.J. Dillon's at 65%, so I, I didn't include him in the in the running back waiver ad list. I put him in the um, make sure, he, you know, whatever I would say, check, check see if he's available uh, mm -hmm. list. He would be, I think, better than Booker, like Dave said, so, you know, he should be in the, in the top three conversation. Um, what about Sterling Shepard? It's 67% rostered and... 94 yards or more, uh, 9 to 10 targets yeah. in each of his first two and, games. And another great, great player to, to speculate on because if Galladay's out, you know, I, I'd be really curious to see what the Giants do, you know, who lines up where uh, with Shepard and Tony both being significant pieces of the offense. And like you said, Adam, you know, we're looking at this with not knowing how long Daniel Jones is out. So it's more pick up and stash as opposed to pick up and start. 
But yeah, if Shepard was dropped, he certainly should be worth adding. Shepard or Tony? Tony for me. Tony. So Tony was the fourth, the fourth wide receiver selected in the NFL draft. And who was the fourth wide receiver the year before? Wasn't it Rager? Oh, it was Rager over Jefferson. Sorry, yeah. it should have been. Okay, who was the fifth? It was Jefferson. <laughs> what do you think about... Um, I mean, does Tony have a chance to go all Justin Jefferson on us? What is his ceiling? I think we saw it last week. Just a volume type of receiver who can make amazing plays after the catch. We actually saw it two weeks ago, but we didn't think it could get to what he did last week. And the fact that he was able to put up numbers with Mike Glennon just as much as he could with Daniel Jones, I mean, it's kind of easy to do. But he also made some great contested catches down the sideline, downfield. Could end up being a real weapon for this Giants offense for a long time. It's exactly the type of player that they need to you know, make defenses play him a little more honestly. Okay. All right, uh, that's probably enough on that. We will get into our waiver wire priorities uh, at each position in just a moment. We, of course, will recap last night's game and man, the running back situation, not so good for the Ravens. Uh, but that's uh, going to work out well for Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown and maybe Rashad Bateman going forward. How great was that report, that. by the way, that teams are looking to trade for one of the Ravens running backs? Like, <laughs> what? what? I wish they would. Like, set Tyson free. Yeah. Okay, so let me talk to you about Lightstream here. If your credit card bills are keeping you up at night, this is a really important website and service to use. If your interest rates are in the double digits, be smart and pay off your credit card balances with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at just 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed. So it's never going to go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees, and you can get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. So you're getting a great rate from Lightstream to begin with, but you can get an additional interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get that is to go to lightstream.com FFT. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash F-F-T, lightstream.com slash F-F-T. Please take advantage of this. If you have great credit, this is a really great way to save money with those crazy interest rates out there. Now, this is subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.9% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash F-F-T for more information. So, if we go, well, let me, you know what? Let me run through the, the news here. We've got a lot of news. Tom Brady, injured thumb, should be fine for Thursday. Top five quarterback this week? Yep. Top one. Top one. Okay. Rob Gronkowski can play this week. Sprained MCL for Claude Edwards. Elair, we don't, do we know anything? Uh, Tyreek Hill, minor knee injury. Do we know anything about Kelsey? Stinger, I would expect he plays. Juju is out for the season. Dave, thoughts on Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, how it affects them. And the tight ends. Not that these are tight. These are tight ends to watch. Ebron and Fryermuth, especially Fryermuth. I wonder if he sees an uptick in playing time and targets moving forward. I think it's great for Claypool. And you saw it again last week when Juju went out. Claypool started to step up and see a lot more throws go his way. Uh, we could see him begin to evolve a little bit more now that Juju's out of there. And I think that a lot of those short targets could end up going to Deontay Johnson 
and he could continue to just rack up double-digit targets. I know he didn't last week, but he'll go right back to it now. Okay, and then as far as the Giants go, don't know on Daniel Jones. They're hoping that left tackle Andrew Thomas is back this week. Barkley's going to miss maybe two games right now, if we were just guessing. Galladay, maybe two games. Tony should play this week. Shepard and Slayton could be back this week. You are really talking about arguably their seven best players on offense, all injured right now. Very strange. Uh, Samaje Pirine on the reserve COVID list. Uh, Joe Burrow went to the hospital with a possible throat contusion, but he is fine. Justin Fields. I wasn't laughing at that, by the way. I, you said the Giants' seven best players are injured right now, and somehow Evan Ingram is healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I think I think it's true though. <laughs> I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Justin Fields played through a hyperextended knee. He's fine. Rashad Bateman should be playing this week for Baltimore. Max Williams is likely out for the season. Jamie mentioned Quintez Cephas with the broken collarbone. Tampa Bay linebacker Levante David could miss some time. You could think about Tay Crowder as an IDP ad. He had a big game for the Giants, and he's playing every snap, filling in for. Blake Martinez. Miami is hopeful for two of this week. Not so much for Terod Taylor for Houston. Ryan Fitzpatrick could be back in week seven when they face Green Bay. Jarvis Landry could play this week. Damian Harris appears to have avoided injury, or serious injury anyway. Looks like he could play this week. Trey Lance. He might miss some time with a sprained knee, but the, the Niners are optimistic that Garoppolo will be back in week seven. A couple of cornerback injuries. Green Bay's Kevin King could miss time with a shoulder injury. So that is a terrible secondary right now. Uh, Darius Williams for the Rams. He's likely out this week and could go on IR. And Curtis Samuel, week to week with a groin injury. Whew, okay, done with that. Top three at each position. Jamie, if I need a quarterback, I must not be playing fantasy football in 2021, but what do I do if I need a quarterback this week? Uh, let's just say I've been starting Zach Wilson and he's on a bye. <laughs> I mean, what you do I do with like my Russell 0-5 Wilson, team? About that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You might have to replace Russell oh, Wilson. Oh, yeah, so. him too, yeah. Uh, the first guy I'd look at is actually Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, this Chiefs defense has clearly been miserable. And, you know, you throw out last week's game, which was his worst start fantasy production-wise, uh, 23 or more points in three of his four starts. And long-term, um, Jason Lockenfora, our CBS Sports NFL insider, reported that Ryan Fitzpatrick could actually return in week seven, but he might return as the backup. So even if uh, Fitzpatrick does come back, he might not get his job back. So if Heineke has a good game against the Chiefs, let's say they pull off an upset, um, but certainly the matchup is fantastic. He may solidify himself as a starter for at least a few more weeks. So Heineke would be the first guy I would look at. Then it gets a, a little bit more dicey, but Trevor Lawrence against the Dolphins, this team stinks clearly defensively. So uh, hopefully he takes advantage of it. He had his second best game of the season last week. You know, maybe his best game in terms of just how he played, uh, but for his second best game fantasy-wise. And then the third guy for me would be Teddy. Um, you, you've seen what he's done, and, it, and it's interesting. You know, we... we We've seen him have some good performances. Um, he's been good when he's been over 34 pass attempts, and we'll see how he does against the Raiders if he's throwing the ball more. But uh, his three best games have come when he's attempted at least 34 passes, including last week when he had 22 at Pittsburgh, which I think was a nice performance given the defense he was facing. Right. You could look at the Dolphins or the uh, Jets game for Bridgewater and be disappointed, but he was 19 of 25 in that game. He only scored 11 fantasy points, but he's been 22 or more whenever he's had to throw the ball. So Heineke, uh, Lawrence, and Bridgewater. Any interest in a guy that 
Oh, he's only played one game, but he comes back hopefully this week and get Jacksonville and, and Tua Tungavailoa if you're thinking more long-term for a Russell Wilson replacement, for example. I just want to say something. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned CBS Sports HQ and the, and the shows that we do. Uh, we, had, um, we have every week uh, Tom Spencer, who's in the booth with Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo. And he was, uh, he was at, you know, they were at the game with the Bucks and the Dolphins. And he said to us on Sunday uh, that the Dolphins think Tua can play this week. Um, I just want to bring it up also because he, he just reminded me of it. He also said, look out for Miles Gaskin in that game against the Bucks," And you saw what happened in that performance. Um, so, you know, we, we try to give you guys a lot of different tips in different places. Uh, Tom only comes on with us on Sunday mornings, uh, typically in our, in our noon show. And so if you're looking for anything in the CBS game, wherever Nance and, uh, Nance, 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 Nance and Romo are, um, Tom's going to give you those insights from the coaches. You know, Adam, you reference it all the time about how you like to watch the broadcast, you know, with the, yeah. from, the from the coaches' meetings. He's giving it to us straight from the coaches' meeting, you know. So uh, it's a great asset that we get on, on FFT on, on CBS Sports HQ. But, you know, if Tua plays, I think he's a decent streamer, sure. Okay, uh, Dave, top running back priorities, Williams, Booker, and... Well, Dylan will be ahead of Booker if he's available in your league and if you're not in an absolute bind for a running back this week in a PPR league, um, which is to say that if it's a non-PPR league or a half-PPR league, I would rather have Dylan than Devontae Booker this week. Alex Collins is still available in 36% of leagues. If we're talking about Dylan, then we should talk about him too. We just don't know if Chris Carson's going to play, and it is a terrible matchup without uh, with, without Russell Wilson there against Pittsburgh. So he's not a priority guy, but somebody that is going to play. That that's something that helps. Brandon Bolden is next for me. He's available in 83% of leagues. He's PPR only. Patriots are probably going to have to check down a lot against the Cowboys. Khalil Herbert is available in 75% of leagues. Ramondre Stevenson, 79%. Sony Michelle, 32%. He's probably not even worth picking up. So I'll, I'll go Williams. Oh, he's worth one. picking up. What? He's worth picking up. Uh, he's he's worth, I guess. Like, but like you've got a stash him. You can't use yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Like he's worth picking up if you've got Daryl Henderson. Yeah, well, if you don't have Daryl Henderson, I I wouldn't prioritize him ahead of anybody. But Henderson is the most one of the most injury prone backs. He's already been hurt twice, and Michelle is probably an well, every down back on a top five ish offense if Henderson gets hurt. So what's your what's your lineup situation? What's your roster situation if you're going to pick up Sony Michelle and not pick up a lot of the other guys that we're talking about? No, I'm not saying he should be the top priority, but I would say if you don't if if you're not going to start Brandon Bolden ever. I'd probably I'd pick up Michelle. Uh, their roster percentages are so different, so I know that's kind of silly, but it's more of a ten team league. I, I think Michelle. Well, first off, two things I, w- I want to bring up. Um, you mentioned Dave non PPR and, and and half PPR for Dylan. Uh, there was actually a report in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Matt Lafleur saying they want to use Dylan more in the passing game, yeah. and so he had four catches last week. It seems as if you know this last game in particular, he is taking the Jamal Williams role. You know, I thought it was going to be, okay, maybe Aaron Jones a little bit more in the passing game, and that's what it seemed like early in the season, and maybe Dylan takes on a little bit more of the rushing duties away from Aaron Jones. That game last week, was that was that was Jamal Williams from a year ago. You know, involved in the passing game, supplementing in the run game, and if that's something that continues, I think Dylan could have value in every format. And then in terms of Sony Michelle, I, I said this on Friday show after the Thursday game, uh, uh, Jordan Rodrigue reported in The Athletic that this was Sean McVay's plan all along when they acquired Michelle was to use him in tandem with Henderson. I know he had a little bit of an arm injury that allowed Michelle to play, but if they're going to use Michelle in some short yard situations and, and, and maybe more of a, a closer type role, uh, if he's getting you know 10 plus touches, he can work his way into the flex conversation in deeper leagues. Yeah, and he's and he is the you know much more rostered than Khalil Herbert and Brandon Bolden and all that, but 
Bolden, I think the Cowboys give up uh, like the most second. I don't know. They give up a ton of receiving yards to uh, to running backs, and you could see a game script for Bolden. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Those are that was good stuff. Oh, let me just let me just yeah. clarify. Mm-hmm. You need a running back this week. It's a non PPR league. I think the order should be Williams, Dylan, Booker, Collins, and that's assuming that Dylan and Collins are available. If it's long term, regardless of format, it's Williams, Dylan, and then I'm not even sure if there is a good one long term. Maybe maybe that's where Sony Michelle comes into play. Yeah, I think with Collins, I'm I'm looking, and I forgot to mention this in the news and notes, but Carson apparently has turned a corner and has a chance to play this week, mm-hmm. but he's got a long term neck issue it it's not hard and he hasn't really been super great as it is so i do think super that's, great <laughs> right that that's a backfield that's probably going to see a significant split week in and week out right you just yeah. have the the risk of what's what's the offense look like without russell there it's easier to like stash I, I was almost player. tempted the order i gave you adam was collins third after booker and um and daryl williams mm-hmm. i was almost tempted to put khalil herbert there at the third spot, simply because if something happens to Damian Williams in the next couple of weeks, Herbert's the every down back for the Bears, and, and they showed you how much they like him. And he actually ran, I think, better than Williams. Now, again, it was how, how the game unfolded that he was taking on, you know, a defense, again, that, that might have given up. But he looked explosive and, and somebody that you might want to take a long-term look at. Dominated the fourth I quarter. I trust him on passing downs. Yeah, but he dominated the fourth quarter. I thought that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just like him better. We don't know. Or they were just giving him some work. But why would they give him the most valuable work? I mean, they're they're trying to ice the game in the fourth quarter. You don't go to your backup running back in that situation. And they and they go. Well, they're both like, backup running backs, though. All right, but That's someone's true. someone's they, the number one when when uh, one guy's hurt. Anyway, right? Didn't Williams have a quad injury coming into the game? Uh, yeah. yeah. So maybe they wanted to try and ease off him a little bit and give Herbert a little bit of work and get him some experience at the same time. How about that? A smart coaching decision by the Chicago Bears. Mm. All right, wide receivers here. Bears are. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. The Bears are going to win maybe two more games rest of the season. They have a dreadful schedule, a a gauntlet coming up. All right, Jamie, top wide receivers to get other than Kadarius Tony one. Who else? Uh, Tony would be one. Rondell Moore would be two. You know, I hope they give him more work like we saw last week because it was fun to watch. And, you know, three carries on top of, I think it was eight targets. Um, he's now had two games with eight targets, I think. Um, two games season with six targets, excuse me. He scored 13 PPR points or more in both of those games. So give him opportunities. You know, I know they have such a, a loaded receiving core, but still uh, fun to see. Uh, I'll still go back to Renfro. He may be at his ceiling in PPR leagues. He's at 62% rostered. On CBS, but if he's still available in in full PPR, even half PPR, um, his floor has been basically 11 PPR points. So you know what you're getting. His ceiling has been you know 18 plus points. So you know with the way this this team operates, I think he's right there. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, I'll put him fourth, um, just based on two straight games with eight targets. Now see if this is done. Teams are clearly taking away TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he was my favorite Lions receiver coming into the season. It took a couple weeks for it to to sort of matriculate and and go his way. Uh, but now it's happening, and I think it's worth that. He's worth adding for sure. More so PPR than non-PPR. So uh, why did you end up putting those guys, other than Tony, I understand, but uh, ahead of Tim Patrick, who has scored 12 or more PPR fantasy points in four of five games? Not a, not a high ceiling, but 12 or more in... Actually, it's what, 12 to 13? 12 to 14 yeah, in more, more so. Games. More so long-term than short-term. If you need somebody for this week, I have no problem going back to Patrick. Uh, but 
you also are getting Jerry Judy back maybe as early as next week. So how long is this going to continue for him? And this was his best game uh, in terms of catches and targets. I hope it continues. But, you know, with the Crowder receiving core, uh, are they going to continue to feature him as much as the third receiver and potentially fourth option? So uh, I just think those other guys, certainly more so PPR than non-PPR. Again, Patrick for this week might be better, but I'll take those other guys in terms of stashing on my team. Oh, my gosh. I just found the number one waiver wire player. Jerry Judy is only 80% rostered. Check all your leagues for Jerry Judy. You can put him right on your IR. Well, no, he's rostered in leagues that have IR spots. Okay. Well, so, you, never know. you never know. He could still be out there in leagues that don't have IR spots. I, You're telling yeah, me every single one of those 20% of leagues don't use IR spots? I'm saying that it's much more likely that he's... Now, now he's worth stashing. Okay, I yeah. understand if you had to drop him four weeks ago. But now Jerry Judy's worth stashing even if you don't have an IR spot. So okay. get him. Uh, Dave, tight ends. Hunter Henry is first for me, uh, 60%. Uh, is he is he rostered in 60% or available in 60%? Rostered. I think, he, I think he's rostered in 60%. 61%. So, yeah, a little less than half of the leagues that you're in, he's available. But I believe he's second on the Patriots and targets over the last three games. Scored each of the last two. We noticed three weeks ago that Johnu John Smith was making mistakes and and Hunter Henry wasn't. So I figured that Hunter Henry would get more work, and he has. It's nice to see him get this opportunity, and I think you ride it out while you can. And again, the Patriots probably going to have to throw a bunch against the Cowboys in week number six. My number two tight end is Dan Arnold. He played seventy three percent of the snaps for the for the Jaguars. It was a season high for him. Uh, I think he's going to run a ton of routes. I think he's going to be a part of this passing game now for Jacksonville, and he's available in 95% of leagues. So double-digit PPR points last week. I think he had 12, and I think he could come close to that week in and week out. I would trust him if you're streaming the tight end position. After that, uh, it's ugly. Jamie, maybe you've got somebody who is better than Ricky Seals-Jones or Evan Ingram. I'm not really feeling those guys, uh, although it does look like Heineke has a thing for throwing for to Seals-Jones. Uh, yeah, Seals Jones has, uh, I think, run a route on almost every dropback that Heineke has in the last two games that Thomas has missed. Um, so that's something to buy into. And now you have Curtis Samuel uh, missing time with the groin injury, so that should help. Uh, you know, if, if you want to buy into Njoku, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, he had the, the decent game in week one when he had uh, three catches for 76 yards. After that, he combined for four catches for 34 yards on five targets in his next three games. So he's he's shown you at least already the season that he can disappear after one strong performance. But you know they're looking for something because Odell Beckham's not getting it done. So Peoples Jones and Rashard Higgins and and now Njoku, you know maybe this is a, a jumping off point. But uh, for me, the top three would be um, Henry, Arnold, and and Seals Jones. I wonder if we are reaching a point at tight end where it's going to be kind of static. You know, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox have entered must start territory. Um, you got Logan Thomas. He's out at least two more weeks. He's 66% rostered, but I just don't know <laughs> who's going to emerge at this point. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't believe how bad the tight end waiver wireless was this week, which is not an insult to you, Jamie. I mean, it's not, it's not your fault. I'm just saying it's just the options. Way are to so go, bad. Jamie. You blew it. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't mean to say it as if you made a bad list. I'm just saying it's the options are so bad out there and I hope you have your tight end. Um, because I can't even think of like a prolific offense that could produce a tight end that ca- that's maybe Tunyon gets back in the mix or something like that. I, it's bad. 
But I mean, Tunyon's the same guy week in and week out. You're hoping he catches a touchdown. That's why you start him. And there's yeah. a bunch of tight ends that are like that off the waiver wire. For all we know, that's what Hunter Henry is. We just like that there's a lot of targets attached to him for now. By the way, on Njoku, the seven targets he had, the most targets he's had in an NFL game since September of 2019. Uh, and on Tunyon, he has eight or fewer yards in four or five games. I mean, that is taking touchdown or bust to an extreme uh, right. part of He's part doing of. no upside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll take a Oh, sorry. DSTs. We're not, not taking a break yet. DSTs. Uh, Jamie, who are we looking at at DST? You mentioned the Cowboys. Um, I think they're the, the one to look at because they'll probably turn over Mac Jones, especially after what the Texans just did to him. Um, I know I said the Dolphins defense stinks, but still the matchup against Jacksonville, you can buy into that. And hopefully, you know, the, what the Dolphins have looked like is more a byproduct of their defense being on the field forever because their offense stinks. And look, two of the last three games they played Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So take that for what it's worth. Maybe they can get some turnovers on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Bengals, they get Detroit. You know, their, their offense has clearly struggled and we've seen some good moments from the Bengals defense when they've been healthy. And then after what happened the first half, first three quarters against the Ravens last night, the Colts defense gets Houston. So hopefully they can, uh, you know, put the fourth quarter in overtime behind them and get back to playing defense the way they did to start that game and get after Davis Mills in that group. I think that's some good options here. The fact that Bengals are 12% rostered, they were a huge letdown against Jacksonville that Thursday night. But they didn't have Jesse Bates. And um, I think they got, they got a couple of... Uh, no, Awuzie came back, but Trey Wayne's hurt his hamstring. Something to keep an eye on, but... Uh, Awuzie's the one that you want to have in that lineup. Yeah, he came back in the game uh, after getting banged up. But, uh, yeah, all right, it's good, good options for DST this week. Kicker? Uh, yeah, oh. kickers first. Uh, Greg Joseph, I'll go back to him. I think we keep saying him every week. Uh, Chase McLaughlin. Um, gets Arizona, Evan McPherson. Uh, maybe he actually, when he makes the kick, he can celebrate that way as opposed to celebrating when he misses the kick. And then uh, Zane Gonzalez uh, taking on the Vikings. Oh, man, that was tough. I felt bad for him. He's so young. Like The, the differences between him and, and uh, Crosby was like old and gray and seasoned and, and McPherson, just like exuberant, grammatica. I was, uh, I was ready to do the trio of Gators celebrating on, on, on Sunday. With Kyle Pitts and then Tony and then yeah. McPherson. Or I guess McPherson would have been second. Well, McPherson uh, but... was uh, was ready to do it too. He he celebrated, you know. <laughs> he did, yes. <laughs> All right, J uh, Dave, yeah. IDP. All right, I got to run. I'll see you guys. All right. Oh, wait, Jimmy, one last thing. Where do you have the Packers DST this week? Uh, Probably not ranked because they're not very good without their guys healthy. Okay. All right. I mean, they're playing Chicago. They don't put up a lot of points, so I kind of like the Packers DST. Yeah, not bad. All right. Thanks, dude. Love you, Jay. All right. All right. Uh, IDPs, Harold Landry, linebacker for the Titans. He's been putting up some good numbers lately. I would go to him. Matt Judon with the Patriots. Really, the last three weeks, he started to step up and put up some good fantasy production. Amani Oruwarie. Oruwarie. Yeah. A corner for Detroit. Again, last three games, good quality fantasy production if you need a guy. And Kevin Minter is expected to replace Levante David at linebacker ah, for Tampa Bay. I don't know how long he's going to be available for or how long he's going to play for because I don't know how long Levante David's going to be out. But Minter's someone that you could turn to a as a linebacker. Uh, get a couple of easy points there. Yeah, and I, I've already mentioned Tay Crowder, but that's it's the same thing. If you get a guy who's going to play almost every snap in the middle of a defense, very valuable. We will take a break, and when we come back, Baltimore and the Colts. Not the Baltimore Colts, the Dropometer and more waiver wire. 
right after this on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. All right, what a game last night. 31-25 in overtime. So I just, you know, I know the way we started the show was a little unusual talking about our teams or whatever, but you don't get, you don't get this kind of, where such huge fantasy swings in the fourth quarter and overtime and, and uh, yeah, 100-point deficits getting made up. It was crazy. So anyway. Right. There are people out there that started Latavius Murray going, where are my fantasy points? I started uh, yeah, that guy. They started Naheem Hines. Where are my fantasy points? I wanted to get them. Mo Ali Cox. Are you happy with his three for 50? So well, not everybody. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox. You should be happy with three for 50 for Mo Ali Cox, for a guy who was, who's rostered yeah. in 3% of leagues, by the way. What are you talking about? He was scoring like crazy last week. He's go- oh, okay. Well, there's a reason why he's rostered in 3% I'm of leagues. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Latavius Murray was actually only started in 22% of leagues. I do not recommend Mo Ali Cox on fantasy. There you go, there you go. Unless you want to have a funny teammate. Carson Wentz starting to play a little bit better, so that's encouraging, and he's got Houston this week, so you could look at him as well. 26% rostered. What did you think about Taylor? I mean, if you take away the 76-yard touchdown catch, it's a good game, but it's not a great game, and he's still having trouble, you know, really getting going in the running game. He had 15 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown, and 116 receiving yards and a touchdown, but you can't rely on a 76-yard touchdown catch. So what do you think about Taylor? I feel like the mistake the Colts made was not using him more in the second half. He looked good toward the end of the game, if you ask me. That offensive line, at times it looked good, and at times it didn't. I would imagine that next week against Houston, they really try and make that a a big point in their offense is to get Jonathan Taylor um, moving again. And I think they'll have the opportunity to against Houston. And uh, look, if you've got Taylor, you're happy with the production. It's been two straight weeks where he's been great. You're, he's not a sell high by any stretch. He's a must start. Naeem Hines, drop in PPR or keep 76%? Man, I, I can't tell you when to start Naheem Hines with any confidence. You don't know when that good game is going to come. And it's just, it's a, it's a copy of 2020 where week one, he had a big game. Everybody rushed to pick him up thinking he's going to be a consistent part of the offense. And then he wasn't. And then sometime mid-season, he comes back and he has a big game. And everybody rushes to pick him up. And the next week, it's the old fool Jew. And he's he's not going to be good on a consistent basis. So I would keep him on the bench. I don't think the game script for the matchup against Houston is going to be particularly favorable for him. And uh, I, I was going to say, in a game like this, they could have used him a little bit more than they did. But then again, they had the lead for most of the game. So they yeah. probably this yeah. was not the type of game script that would have helped Hines. Right, and the problem with Hines is it's not like his bad games have been six PPR fantasy points. He has three games with two or fewer PPR fantasy points. Completely useless, and that that hurts. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, do we have to talk about him? I hate... We, we do have to talk about Michael Pittman, but we don't have to talk about how you dropped him and I picked him up and I beat you with him. So, such a lucky play, too. We, we talked about it this time last week where, where Michael Pittman... <laughs> was getting a lot of volume. He was getting a lot of air yards. He was getting good end zone targets, targets inside the 10. Um, he had five of them coming into this game. 
And then he he did have a lucky play, but it was the type of play that Pittman is supposed to make. He's a big outside type of wide receiver who can make contested catches, and he's hard to take down. So when he catches those contested balls and defenses can't bring him down, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to score. Definitely a number three receiver in PPR moving forward at minimum. Okay, and a nice game from Paris Campbell. That was his first of the year. And then on the other end... um, Marquise Brown continues to be incredible. Actually, I, I bet he's a top five receiver, right? Let's. He was a dud in the first half, too. Yeah, but it only takes one play for him. And the fact that they cannot run the ball. On this game, it took him about six or seven. So he is sixth in non-PPR, and Marquise Brown is sixth in, sixth in full PPR. I mean, he has 28 catches. That's mm-hmm. not bad for Marquise Brown. Uh, so, okay. He also has, uh, yeah, five touchdowns. Are you fully are you fully buying the breakout? Do you think Rashad Bateman? What is this? Oh, there you go. <laughs> he, these are Heath's tweets from last night. He was live tweeting where Hollywood Brown was among um, PPR receivers this season. Wow, well, you're totally buying it with him, and obviously Andrews would buy. But the one, the one downside to Brown is that he does he's he's susceptible to injury. He's not a big guy. And he, oh, he's already like limited in practice every week. There, I, I would say that if there's a sell high from this game, it's him. But you need to sell high. You don't just get him off your team for whatever. Do you drop Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray for anything? If I'm the Ravens? No. <laughs> oh. For anything that's available. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel good about starting those guys. Certainly Tyson Williams, you cannot start. If you want to keep him on your bench just to see what happens, I don't blame you for that. I still think he's a pretty talented running back, but I'm not the one in charge of his workload in Baltimore. I think Latavius Murray is a touchdown or bust running back. Let's do the dropometer. Zero to ten. Ryan Tannehill facing the Bills this week, then the Chiefs, but Ryan Tannehill. He's a seven. He can be dropped. He's already rostered in over 90% of leagues. People are going to start to look toward other quarterbacks. I would start Taylor Heineke over him this week. And I'm I, I watched the film on Heineke. He's very inconsistent. Um I don't sometimes think he's, he I don't makes think he's amazing throws good. and sometimes he's terrible. I'm surprised that that report from JLC about Fitzpatrick maybe backing up. I agree. But we'll we'll see, you know, again, we're not in the building with these teams. Right. And they might say, well, Fitzpatrick is just like Heineke. And we've seen it from Fitzpatrick. We're, you know, we call him the YOLO quarterback. He doesn't really care. He's just going to throw to his guys, and that's what Heineke did. He had 11 targets to McLaurin last week, but a lot of those throws took a little longer to get there than they should have. Some of them were late. Marshawn Lattimore was all over McLaurin. I would imagine in an easier matchup like this week against Kansas City, we could see McLaurin have a much better game. Trey Sermon. Drop him either. Uh, Trey Sermon, if if you need to drop him during the, the buys, I think that's fine. I would prefer to just give him another week or two just to see what happens because you know how these 49ers running backs roll. But he's droppable. He's a six. Corey Davis. Four on the dropple meter. Jamison Crowder. He's a seven. He's a 10 in non-PPR. I would say he's a seven in full PPR. Tyler Boyd. Non-PPR, he's like a five. PPR, I wouldn't drop Tyler Boyd. So zero. Sam Darnold. Minnesota, then the Giants, then the Falcons. I would only drop Darnold if I'm good at quarterback. I've got somebody who I really like, and Darnold's my number two, and I don't 
think I'm ever going to need him. Otherwise, I'm going to hang on to him. Odell Beckham. Do not drop. Zero. Allen Robinson. Four. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. 44. <laughs> All right, quarterbacks. It's over, it's over for Robbie. They've, they've given him it's 18 targets in his last two games. Yeah. And he just hasn't come through. He came close last week. There was a deep ball that was close to his way. And then he was frustrated. He was shown frustrated on the sidelines. I just think I think it's I think it's over. It wouldn't surprise me if he had one more one good game in his next two or three. But I'm not I'm not I can't start him with any confidence whatsoever. Right. And we've named right. a bunch of receivers that I'd rather have than Robbie Anderson. Okay, then let's take a look at quarterback. If you need a Jameis Winston replacement, we gave you Taylor Heineke against the Chiefs, who give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, Washington actually gives up the most fantasy points, so if anyone drops Patrick Mahomes after a disappointing game, I would probably start him this week against Washington. Uh, but Heineke's one. Trevor Lawrence is two for Jimmy. What Jeremy. kind of league would that be? <laughs> a guillotine league? I guess yeah, I, it's the only one. It's the only one that would make sense. <laughs> Uh, Trevor Lawrence, two for Jamie. Bridgewater, three. Wentz, four. Roethlisberger, five. Justin Fields. Jameis Winston is on a bye. Uh, Matt Ryan, you have any any disagreement here with this list? Anyone that you want to promote? I do. Uh, I like Heineke first and Lawrence second. Uh, Roethlisberger's third for me. The Seattle defense is not good, and the Steelers are looking to get right any way they can. And I think Roethlisberger has a chance to come through for like a 22-point game. Not really a high ceiling for Roethlisberger, but I, I like him better than Bridgewater. I like Wentz better than Bridgewater as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Wentz had to end up throwing a lot against Houston. I bet the Texans give the Colts a, a hard time. Indy playing on Monday night, uh, on the road, short week, emotional loss. I, I don't know how resilient they are to bounce back and just just completely manhandle Houston. So I think the Colts can win that game, but I think it's going to be a dogfight, and I think that we could see uh, Carson Wentz come through with another solid game. I picked him up. As soon as Russell Wilson went down, I went to the waiver wire in one of my leagues. It's a 14-team league. Wentz was the best available quarterback. I picked him up. I'm starting him this week as a Russell Wilson replacement. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Good. If you long-term stash, let's say Fields, Winston, Ryan are available, who would you take? And Tua, who would you take? I think Ryan would probably be my pick of those guys. Okay. Let's go on to the running backs. You can check on Sony Michelle and AJ Dillon. I would also think, you know, Michael Carter, he's he's carving out a role for himself. He's eighty one percent rostered. Right. He's barely out there. Yeah. JD McKissick's interesting. Obviously, McKissick's probably rostered in a PPR league, but the Chiefs have allowed fifty plus receiving yards to a running back in three straight games. So this could be a good game for McKissick, and that's the uh, most ringing endorsement I'll give him. We've got Daryl Williams, Devontae Booker, and Dave likes AJ Dillon as the you know a must add if he's available. He is the number two guy if if he's available in your league ahead of Booker. Alex Collins is fifty eight percent rostered, and then you've got Khalil Herbert. You know we we did talk about him, but he had seven carries in the fourth quarter compared to two for Damian Williams. Uh, and then you've got Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden because Damian Harris is a little banged up. Stevenson got 11 carries last week, but only 23 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Bolden, Dallas allows the seventh most receiving yards 
to running backs. A lot of that was Austin Eckler, but there have been three running backs who have had five or more catches against Dallas. So, you, you know, you have to throw against Dallas. Giovanni That's Bernard. what can end up happening in, in the game. I, I don't see the Patriots coming out and being successful running the football against the Cowboys. And Bolden has three, six, and four receptions over his last three games. He had four catches against Houston. He only had six yards. You're buying into Bolden for those catches. You're hoping that he can come through on a 10-point PPR floor. Yeah, you can look at Giov- Giovanni Bernard. Pretty inconsistent. Two catches in three of his four games, nine in, one of, in the other one uh, when they lost. And Jeff Wilson at 18%. But he's out a while, right? I'm glad you mentioned him. Would you say? Well, we don't know. We don't know what the situation is. I think is I just him. read it, though. I, I, I think I just saw an update like Thanksgiving-ish. Let's see if I can find that. Yeah, I think I think and oh, said yeah. something like November for him. But if you can stash him on your IR, you should do it. I don't think he's going to be back in week seven. All right, let's talk about more wide receivers here. Kadarius Tony is the prize. Pittman is sixteen percent available. Uh, if who did you say, Shepard or Tony? If Shepard's there, I'll take Tony. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to take Shepard. I think I'm going to take Shepard over everybody else that we'll talk about, but not Kadarius Tony. Would you drop LaVisca? One of the things I might be able to do is get both of them. (laughs) I think I can get Tony with my first waiver claim and Shepard with my second because there's just not as much buzz about Shepard. Maybe. And again, if you're on CBS and you're only looking at the projections, I'm thinking Shepard probably won't be projected on Tuesday. So you might not even see him him in your waiver wire and the stats page. Uh, would you drop LaVisca Chenault for Shepard or Tony? Yes. And who's number two for you? For Jamie, it's Rondell Moore. Then it's Renfro, St. Brown, Tim Patrick. Uh, number two for me is going to be Rondell Moore. Uh, I think he's got a chance. Like you, you, you talked with Jamie about Tim Patrick and uh, who could step up as, as, as a good play this week. And I agree with Jamie that Tim Patrick could be someone that we're cutting two weeks from now when Jerry Judy's back because I don't think Bridgewater's got enough to support Judy and Sutton and Tim Patrick. So you can use Tim Patrick now, but you can use Rondell Moore now, and there's some long-term potential. So I think that makes him a little bit more interesting than Tim Patrick. There's another receiver that you didn't talk about, though, and that's Darnell Mooney. He's available in 41% of leagues, and I look at him the exact same way that I would look at Rondell Moore. I think that he's still a good fit for for, uh, Justin Fields. We didn't see it in this matchup against Las Vegas last week because the Bears didn't need to throw a ton. I think the Bears are trying not to throw a ton from game to game. You brought up their schedule. They're going to have to throw a ton from game to game. They've got Green Bay this week. I think it's Tampa Bay the week after that. They're not terrible matchups for the passing game for Chicago. It's just a matter of them executing on it. And I think that Darnell Mooney is going to be one that gets a decent amount of targets in these games. I really like the idea of getting him. At one point, when I was going through my waiver order, he was ahead of Rondale Moore. But I think Moore is going to be more popular, so he should get the claim ahead of Mooney. But honestly, my top three, assuming Shepard's not there, is going to be Tony, Moore, Mooney, and then Tim Patrick and Amon Ross St. Brown can go after them. Why prioritize Moore over A.J. Green or Christian Kirk? Because I think he's just a little bit more exciting, and I think that if he's going to get more carries from game to game, if that ends up being a consistent part of his um, workload, then I think that gives him a nod over those guys. 
You could stash T.Y. Hilton, Rashad Bateman. If you're in a really deep league, you can look at James Washington, who will now be the number three receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this one's kind of risky, but... Oh, dude, you talked about Hunter Renfro, right? Or no? Well, we've talked about Renfro yeah. just in general. He's solid. And he's a safe, safe PPR floor guy, but I got two more of those guys that are like that, that are going to be available in pretty much everybody's league. Kendrick Bourne with the Patriots has been getting some good target share. And Adam Humphreys hasn't necessarily been getting good target share, but he's been getting open. I mentioned that I watched a lot of the Taylor Heineke film. There were back-to-back plays where Humphreys was open in the end zone, arms of like this, hands like this, waiting for the football from Taylor Heineke, and Heineke missed him. Once Heineke started getting Humphreys involved late in the game, that offense was really starting to move. And Humphreys isn't an every-down player for Washington. Maybe that changes, and he ends up being one of those low-floor PPR receivers. At the very least, I think he's a great DFS play in GPP. In case I forget, Jamie wanted me to tell you that he has the Packers DST right after that group you mentioned, and they are top 10 for him. So you guys are in agreement there. Good, good, good. All right, I, I, I think they're the third DST you can pick up. Tight ends, Henry's yeah. first with a bullet. Mm-hmm. Dan Arnold is second for me, and then... It's it's a bunch of old names that we've hyped up before that I would be worried to trust. But if you're in a pinch, Seals Jones would be first on the list just because he's playing a lot and Washington's going to throw a lot against Kansas City. Evan Ingram would be next because we don't know how healthy that receiving core is going to be in New York. And then David Njoku, fresh off a career high, 149 yards, he would be third. It it would like the argument for Njoku would be. All right, something's going on between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. They just can't get on the same page for whatever reason. So the Browns are smart to use other receivers. And I think Jamie alluded to this because he brought up Donovan Peoples-Jones. Hooper didn't do anything in the game. Maybe this was the Cleveland Browns saying, all right, Njoku's going to be a big part of our offense moving forward. This was his breakout game. He's going to continue to get targets. I'm not ready to trust it because the body of work over his career shows that Njoku is not a consistent stat producer here's one more guy i just thought of for the waiver wire by the way jarvis landry could be back this week he is 65 percent rostered okay that's yeah. a good one yeah i mean i i don't think he's a huge priority mesh with well yeah i'm just saying that's going to hurt Njoku. but we saw landry wasn't really much with beckham last year so it's so hard to trust this offense but uh, landry is 65 percent rostered and zach Ertz is like 67 percent rostered so that's a tight end that you could go to. He had a terrible game, but he had seven targets. Right. So he's uh, he's out targeting Goddard lately, and uh, he's. Would you rather have Ertz or or Gesicki? Or sorry, Ertz or have, Ertz or Henry? My bad. I'd rather have Henry. Would you rather? Have, but I, that's going to be a week to week thing. Gesicki or Henry? Gesicki. Okay. DSTs Cowboys against the Patriots at the Patriots. Dolphins yep. in London against Jacksonville. The Bengals at Detroit. The Colts against Houston. The Packers against the Bears. Options for you. Yeah, that's not my order. I like Cowboys, Bengals, Packers, Dolphins. Or Packers, Colts, Dolphins. Okay. And uh, kickers, Greg Joseph, Chase McLaughlin, Evan McPherson, Zane Gonzalez. McLaughlin's building a mystery. Choosing Clo- so can Close enough, Dave. That's not her name, but it's close. What do you mean? She's Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, it's isn't it spelled the same way? It might be. 
but it's close. Uh, you could have just gone with McLaughlin Group. That would have also worked. Thanks yeah. for watching and listening, everybody. And that would have hit our target audience of ages 80 plus. <laughs> Wrong! Everybody's listening to Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> McLaughlin. McConklin. Yes, there you go. Sarah Tyler Conklin is her real is her birth name. We are out of here. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.